Back to Basics 2.0 Electrosurgical Safety by Julie Kahn Electrosurgical units, ESUs, comprise a generator with an electrical cord and plug and accessories, such as a foot pedal with a cord, active electrode tips, a dispersive electrode or pad, adapters, and connectors. Surgeons use ESUs to deliver radiofrequency energy safely to a surgical site. The ESU generator usually produces three waveforms, cut, coagulation, and blend. Cut mode causes cellular water to heat, leading the cells to burst. Coagulation mode causes cellular dehydration and shrinkage from rising temperatures. Blend mode is a modulated form of cut mode and produces a higher voltage when used at the same power setting as cut. During electrosurgery, the electrical current completes a circuit that travels as follows. From the wall outlet through the power cord to the ESU generator. From the generator to the accessories, for example, active electrode tip. From the accessories to the patient's tissue. From the tissue back to the accessories for example, dispersive electrode, from the accessories back to the ESU generator, and from the generator back to the wall outlet. Adverse events related to ESUs include shocks, electromagnetic interference, fires, and burns, inadvertent activation, residual heat, direct application of active electrode tip beyond the intended target tissue, insulation failure, antenna coupling, capacitive coupling, and direct coupling, C-sidebar 1, can cause electrosurgical burns. When a burn related to an ESU occurs away from the side of the dispersive electrode, it is called an alternate site injury. When an ESU malfunctions, or a generator or an accessory is involved in an injury to a patient or staff member, Perioperative nurses should remove the involved generator from service, retain the accessories and packaging for investigation if possible, and report the incident according to the facility's policies and procedures. For example, incident report, occupational health report. Whenever possible, personnel completing the adverse event documentation should include device identifiers. Depending on the severity of the incident, Additional external reporting may be necessary. For example, U.S. Food and Drug Administration, local and state agencies, accrediting bodies. This article reviews general safety considerations associated with using an ESU and some specific recommendations for minimally invasive surgery, MIS. A discussion of preventative measures related to fire safety and implanted electronic devices is outside the scope of this article, but is discussed in detail in the AORN Guideline for Electrosurgical Safety. Practice Point Preoperative and Postoperative Safety Recommendations Many surgical procedures involve the use of ESUs, which can increase the patient's risk for related injuries. However, Perioperative personnel can implement practices to reduce the patient's risk of injury in every phase of care. Strategies for safe use of ESUs in the preoperative phase may involve both biomedical engineering 
and perioperative personnel. A qualified individual, for example, biomedical engineering service representative, should mount the ESU generator on a stable cart or shelf that will resist tipping, perform required inspections and tests, document inspection and test results, and perform necessary maintenance when needed. Preoperatively, perioperative personnel should 1. Verify that the required inspections of the ESU generator, for example, performance maintenance tags, have not expired before using the device. 2. Check the alarms and activation indicators on the ESU generator to ensure they are operational, audible, and visible. 3. Identify the potential for fluid spills on the floor and place a fluid-resistant cover on the foot pedal when necessary. 4. Complete the preoperative patient assessment and interview processes and identify the presence of jewelry or implants. 5. Remove any metal jewelry that is present between the active and passive, for example, dispersive, electrodes. And 6. Assess the patient's skin at the anticipated dispersive electrode site. When patients are unable or unwilling to remove jewelry, perioperative nurses should inform them of the potential injuries that could result, notify the surgeon, consider use of an alternative technology, for example, bipolar, evaluate the site of the metal postoperatively for burns, and document the education and care provided. Metal jewelry that remains in place could be heated as the electrical current moves through it. Placing tape over a piece of jewelry does not provide insulation to prevent a burn from electrical currents. During the postoperative phase of patient care, perioperative nurses should evaluate the patient's skin after removing the dispersive electrode. After performing patient care during each perioperative phase, nurses should document any interventions they used to ensure patient safety related to the use of the ESU. Perioperative nurses should document the following in the health record. General ESU information, for example, serial number, the location of the dispersive electrode, and the preoperative and postoperative skin condition at the location of the dispersive electrode. Practice point. Intraoperative safety recommendations. There are many interventions for ESU safety that personnel should perform in the intraoperative setting. Individual team members may focus on specific tasks to ensure patient safety when electrosurgical devices are involved in patient care. However, all perioperative team members are responsible for collaborating, communicating, and ensuring patient safety. For instance, it is the responsibility of the team to ensure that personnel adhere to the device manufacturer's instructions for use and only use devices that are compatible with the ESU during patient care. With the goal of perioperative safety in mind, it may be helpful for perioperative leaders to assign specific intraoperative team members to perform the different interventions. A team member, such as the anesthesia professional, should place patient monitoring devices, for example, electrodes probes, on the patient in a location as distant as possible from the planned procedure site. Neuromonitoring personnel can remind surgeons to use alternative technologies, 
such as bipolar or ultrasonic devices, instead of monopolar devices, during procedures requiring somatosensory-evoked potential monitoring. The perioperative nurse can request that the surgeon use the lowest possible ESU power setting for the surgical task being performed. Surgeons and scrubbed assistants, for example, residents, medical students, should avoid activating the active electrode until its tip contacts tissue when using cut and coagulation modes or is in close proximity to the tissue when fulgurating, which does not require tissue contact. When using a foot pedal, only the person who controls the active electrode, for example, surgeon, first assistant, should activate the foot pedal. The scrub person can help the perioperative team ensure that the cord from the monopolar active electrode is as far as possible from, or perpendicular to, the other active cords that require electricity, for example, fiber optic light cord. Researchers reported an increase in levels of thermal injury, for example, severity of a burn, or tissue temperatures, when a variety of cords requiring electricity were oriented in a parallel manner and near the active electrode or dispersive electrode cords. Based on the study results, the researchers recommended separating and preventing proximity or parallel orientation of the cords. The scrub person also should inspect the ESU cord for damage before and after use. Scrub personnel should secure the ESU cord to the sterile field drapes with a non-piercing plastic or non-conducive item in a manner that does not damage the cord or the integrity of the sterile field. A scrub team member should place the active electrode in a quote, clean, dry, non-conducive safety holster when it is not in use. End quote. The scrub person also can use an abrasive pad to clean non-coated electrode tips. A sterile water-moistened radiopaque sponge should be used if the electrode tip has a non-stick coating. Perioperative nurses can be instrumental in performing and verifying completion of ESU safety interventions. When positioning the patient for procedures requiring use of a monopolar electrosurgical device, the RN circulator can collaborate with perioperative team members to ensure that there is no contact between the patient and metal objects. The RN circulator should avoid placing liquid-filled containers or other equipment on the ESU generator. In accordance with the manufacturer's instructions for use and in collaboration with the perioperative team members, perioperative personnel should place the dispersive electrode on clean, dry skin after positioning the patient. In addition, perioperative personnel should place the dispersive electrode 1. In uniform contact with the skin over a well-perfused muscle mass. 2. Close to the surgical site and on the same side of the body, when applicable. 3. So that no metal or monitoring leads are positioned between the side of the active and dispersive electrodes. And 4. Away from warming devices. After dispersive electrode placement, the perioperative team member should verify that the location of the dispersive electrode cord is either away from or perpendicular to any other electrical cords. The RN circulator and surgeon should verbally confirm the ESU power setting before activation of the device. 
When a surgeon requests an increase in power, the perioperative team, for example, our encirculator and scrub person, should verify the integrity of the circuit, including the accessories, for example, dispersive electrode, and the generator before changing the setting. Personnel should select the single-use dispersive electrode according to the patient's weight and should never alter an electrode before placement. When placing a single-use dispersive electrode, perioperative personnel should avoid applying it over scar tissue, metal-containing implants, pressure points, bony prominences, skin folds, and dense hair. In addition, personnel should avoid applying the electrode in areas where skin antiseptics may pool or to body sites distal to a pneumatic tourniquet. Personnel should not remove, reposition, fold, or cut the dispersive electrode after applying it to the patient's skin. If the patient requires repositioning, perioperative personnel should check the dispersive electrode to ensure that it remains in full contact with the skin. If personnel determine that the dispersive electrode is no longer fully contacting the skin or identify another issue, for example, folded after repositioning, potential pressure injury risk, they should remove it and place a new dispersive electrode. Practice Point MIS Considerations Safe use of ESU generators and accessories requires additional considerations when surgeons perform procedures using laparoscopic or robotic techniques. Perioperative team members should use conductive trocar systems to reduce high-density currents and the risk of injuries associated with capacitive coupling. Conductive trocars facilitate safe electrical current flow from the cannula to the abdominal wall. Personnel should prevent contact between conductive instruments and the energized active electrode to eliminate direct coupling injuries. AORN recommends use of active electrode monitoring and shielding devices to detect insulation failures and capacitive coupling during laparoscopic procedures involving monopolar active electrodes. Active electrode monitoring and shielding devices allow the generator to deactivate after detecting an unsafe level of stray monopolar energy. To help prevent intraoperative adverse events, perioperative and sterile processing department, SPD, personnel should check MIS instruments before and after use. Before packaging reusable MIS instruments for sterilization, SPD personnel should use an integrity tester to verify the integrity of the insulation. If the SPD technician identifies an instrument with an insulation failure, he or she should remove it from service. In a two-phase study of insulation failure rates after 10 uses, the incidence of insulation failure among robotic instruments was 80% in Phase 1 and 81.7% in Phase 2. The incidence of insulation failure among laparoscopic instruments was 36% in Phase 1 and 19.5% in Phase 2. When comparing the two types of instruments, the researchers identified that robotic instruments had a significantly higher likelihood of insulation failure, that is, P is less than 0.05 in Phase 1, P is less than 0.005 in Phase 2. 
As a result of the identified failures, the researchers recommended implementing routine insulation failure testing for both types of instruments. Conclusion Perioperative patients are at risk for injuries from ESU generators and accessories during open and laparoscopic procedures. Perioperative personnel should understand how ESUs work, have knowledge of the different patient injuries associated with this type of equipment, and implement appropriate prevention strategies to avoid such injuries in their practice area. Team collaboration is a key aspect of successful implementation of the numerous patient safety interventions to protect patients from harm associated with electrosurgical devices. This Back to Basics 2.0 article contains three knowledge checks. I will now read the first knowledge check for the practice point, preoperative and postoperative safety recommendations. Rosa and Cheney, an RN circulator and surgical technologist, respectively, entered the OR to prepare for the first procedure of the day, a laparoscopic appendectomy. They observed Terrell, the perioperative biomedical engineering technician, completing the annual preventative maintenance check of the ESU. He mentions to the perioperative team members that he is working on the documentation and will be finished shortly. After Terrell leaves the OR, Rosa and Cheney prepare for the procedure, and Rosa turns on the ESU generator. She observes that it passes the internal diagnostic test and the alarms function as expected. She reviews the biomedical engineering maintenance sticker on the generator to verify the date. She also checks the integrity of the foot pedal and cord and places the foot pedal in an easily accessible location. Cheney reminds Rosa that sometimes irrigation fluid splashes off the field as she places an impervious cover on the foot pedal. Rosa places the dispersive electrode in an accessible location on the ESU generator and verifies with Cheney that there is a sterile monopolar cord available. When the OR is ready, Rosa enters the preoperative area and reviews the patient's, Mrs. Z's, past medical and surgical history. She notes that Mrs. Z underwent a right total hip arthroplasty five years ago. She assesses Mrs. Z's left thigh and notes no abnormalities. Rachel, the preoperative nurse, enters the patient care room while Rosa is asking Mrs. Z about the presence of any jewelry. Mrs. Z indicates that the only jewelry she has on is her wedding bands, which she does not want to remove. Rachel speaks up to support Mrs. Z and tells Rosa that she has taped them in place for protection against burns. In this scenario, who did not follow the practice point? A. Rosa B. Terrell, C. Rachel, or D. Cheney. I will now provide the answer. In this scenario, Rachel did not follow the recommended practice point. I will now read the second knowledge check for the practice point, intraoperative safety recommendations. Rosa transports Mrs. Z to the OR, helps her to the OR bed, and assists the anesthesia professional with induction and patient positioning. She then places the dispersive electrode on Mrs. Z's left anterior thigh, 
confirms that it is in full contact with the skin and assists the anesthesia professional with intraoperative warming device placement. Rosa performs surgical skin antisepsis, and the scrubbed team members complete sterile draping with a laparoscopic drape with instrument pockets. The team verifies that the active and dispersive electrode cords are away from and perpendicular to the other electrical laparoscopic and monitoring cords. Rosa connects the equipment to the devices on the laparoscopic video tower. Cheney's secures the sterile cords to the drapes with non-piercing plastic towel clips. The team performs the timeout, and the surgeon, Dr. O, makes the incision. Cheney passes the trocars and instruments to Dr. O and Sam, the RN first assistant, and then secures a non-conductive holster to the drapes for the ESU pencil. Sam places the camera on the laparoscope and connects the fiber-optic light cord. He also places the suction irrigator in an accessible location and connects the monopolar ESU cord to the laparoscopic scissors. Dr. O makes a stab incision and asks Cheney to pass him the ESU pencil that he then uses and places in the plastic pouch on the laparoscopic drape for easy access. He inserts the trocars and places the laparoscopic instruments before requesting that Rosa turn on the light source. In this scenario, who did not follow the practice point? A. Dr. O. B. Cheney. C. Sam. Or D. Rosa. I will now provide the answer. In this scenario, Dr. O. did not follow the recommended practice point. I will now read the third and final knowledge check for the practice point, MIS Considerations. During Mrs. Z's laparoscopic appendectomy, Dr. O dissects tissue near the appendix using an insulated laparoscopic instrument connected to the ESU generator with active electrode monitoring and shielding. The active electrode monitoring and shielding unit alarm sounds, and Cheney requests a replacement instrument from Rosa. After Cheney replaces the instrument, Dr. O inspects the atomical structures and does not identify a tissue injury. At the end of the procedure, Rosa completes an adverse event report. Cheney transports the case cart to the SPD and reports the occurrence to the SPD manager. After reviewing the instrument count sheet, the manager meets with Zoe, the SPD technician who processed the laparoscopic instrument set. Zoe tells the manager that she visually inspected the instruments before sterilizing them, just like always. In this scenario, who did not follow the practice point? A. Dr. O. B. Zoe. C. Cheney. Or D. Rosa. I will now provide the answer. In this scenario, Zoe did not follow the recommended practice point.